everybody. It's Wednesday and happy new year to all of our fans and happy new year to my good friend and partner, Tim Peel. You're watching Snipes and Stripes right here on nofilter.net. No doubt we're excited to start a new year. Tim, you're looking fresh. You're looking fine. You're looking just ready to go, buddy. I, I can tell that you had a pretty good New Year's, but um, how you feeling after that New Year celebration, buddy? I'm good, buddy. I was in. I, I stayed up till midnight. I made it till twelve oh five. But uh, those, days, <laughs> those days are over for me, pal. I was, uh, I, this is the first year that I, I probably five years that I did make it to twelve, yeah. and I stayed up till about one, which is why I'm drinking water today. Yeah, and right. uh, probably going to give my liver a break for about a week because it's just been a it's been a rough holiday season for me. And um, I, as you can see by probably watching some of my videos, I'm a little bit round on the midsection. So yeah. I got to start. I got to start watching my pasta intake and my alcohol intake, and start eating a salad or two. So, but that's right. kind of where I'm at right now. I'm with you, buddy. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Thank you for making our show such a great show in 23. We're going to have a great year in 24. We first need to get to some business and thank our sponsor, Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With the NFL, NHL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV, B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We'll uh, we'll get into our bets later, but thank you to Bet Online once again for being a sponsor of Snipes and Stripes. And my whiskey, Whiskey in the Wild, go to whiskeyinthewild.com, get the best chocolate and chocolate orange whiskey you will ever try in your entire life. We don't have much competition, so it is, I will say, the best chocolate whiskey in the world whiskey in the wild i'm not drinking it but it's still a sponsor so where are we starting this week that we obviously we got to start the year with a bang and there's been a couple bang situations in the nash hockey week tim so where do you want to start with first well all day uh all day i've been scouring through my old collective bargaining agreements that we used to get every year we'd go to training camp because ryan hartman was caught on a microphone Cole Perfetti happened to be mic'd up, and uh, a couple games prior, Brendan Dillon cross-checked Kaprizov, and Kaprizov is now on the IR and is hurt. So Brendan uh, uh, Ryan Hartman on the face-off said, "I'm going to hurt you on off this face-off," and proceeded to <laughs> pretend like he took the face-off, and then brought his stick up and 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 hit him hit uh, Perfetti right in the mouth and cut him. No penalty on the play. <laughs> So what you're saying is, so what you're saying is, we have some real old time hockey that came back into the skew of this this kind of pajama boy hockey that uh, that we we've, we've kind of acquired over the last 15 years. Yeah, I don't have a problem with uh, with a little uh, you know tit for tat uh, vengeance here or uh, revenge. The uh, the thing that I didn't know until it was reported that the NHL can't use any audio. That is picked up by players that are uh, have microphones on. That really? goes back to that goes back to 2005 CBA, and so I got I started thinking I'm like that could have saved me hold a, a lot. Hold on, hold on a second. 
Didn't the National Hockey League use a an open mic to to suspend you and to end your career a couple of years ago by an open mic? Yes, so why did. so so why do the players get protected by open mics, but referees don't? The, the National Hockey League is supposed to be protecting the referees, aren't they? They protect them in every single single situation, and they didn't protect you with an open mic, but they protect Ryan Hartman. With an open mic, it's they're so ass backwards. It's beyond belief. Well, you know what? It's it's been two years, and and uh, you know it's obviously time to move on. But when it happened, it, it did open up some wounds. To your point, chair, because I thought I remember us being at training camp years ago when they brought in the microphones, and there were a lot of us that said, this is going to be trouble. This is going to be trouble. People, you say you want to hear what's said on the ice, but you really don't want to hear what's said on the ice. You know, players say stuff to us. We say stuff to players. It's accepted. And it's just the culture of our sport. Everybody knows, you know, my, the famous line, well, I wanted to get a penalty against Nashville. Well, I didn't want to, I wasn't trying to determine the outcome of the game. We called two penalties against Nashville the whole game. So, yeah, I don't know the double standard why a player can't be penalized for something that he said on a microphone, but a referee, I guess, is a, held at a higher standard. I, I don't get it. It's, it's, well, they're not they're not held at a higher standard because they don't get fined. They only just don't get get time in the playoffs, which does lose them a little bit of, uh, a little bit of the green cash. But – the fines, I think, are what really go to the heart of what is being done. And the mistakes is when you get fined. People aren't going to recognize or know when a referee's not in the playoffs. But they're going to know when the NHL slaps a fine on them for doing something stupid or missing a call that totally makes an impact on the game. And let's, let's just get back to what Ryan Hartman did. What did he do wrong? It, it, we're, we're playing a contact sport. Yeah, we're playing a we're playing a physical sport. By the way, we're playing a sport that allows fighting. Okay, right. And and when you have fighting, what do you do? Let, let's fight just so we can tickle each other. No, you, you fight so you can inflict pain and inflict injury. So what is wrong with Ryan Hartman? And by the way, who narked on who? Who told on Ryan Hartman? Who's the one that went to the National Hockey League and said, oh, Ryan Hartman said he was going to hurt me, right? Like, is this where we are right now where you're going to run home and you're going to tattle to your mom and dad about he said this to me and think that a repercussion is going to This is a hockey, guys. This is hockey, Tim. The -hmm. fact that Ryan Hartman actually did that and, and did what, most good teammates would do and want to have kind of a little bit of retribution. When I played the game, I wanted to hurt people every single shift. I went out to hurt people and hit people to inflict pain because pain is a part of the game that is, it's strategic. It can be your, it can be used to your benefit. It can intimidate other people. And if you know that other people know that you're out there to inflict pain, you might have an advantage. So I really don't understand this whole that the player that the players association had to get involved with Ryan Hartman. Good for Ryan Hartman. No, and you know what? That's a great point you brought up about who ratted on him because somebody gets the 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 audio feed wasn't live during the game. Cole, when when he said that to Cole Perfetti, it wasn't picked up on on live TV. 
they picked somebody picked it up later and then played it or gave it to the NHL and ratted on Ryan Hartman. The exact same thing happened with me. Ken Daniels is the, is the color guy and Mickey Redman uh, with the Detroit Red Wings. Ken Daniels texts me that night. He says, we caught it on our feed. We squashed it. Guess who didn't squash it? Nashville. You know what? Let's, let's go with this. So somebody ratted on Ryan Hartman. I don't know who it is. I'm with you. You, you just injured one of our best players. It's like, it's like uh, a story I heard the other day. It was, I forget who the player was, but basically it was Kelly, uh, uh, Tony Twist went up to another uh, tough guy and said, you quit chasing around so-and-so because if you do, I'm going to beat up Pavel Bure. And it's the same thing here with Ryan Hartman. Brendan Dillon took out Kaprizov. He's on the IR probably for a week or two, maybe longer. So Hart- Hartman says, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to I'm gonna stick up for my guy, and I'm going to give you a piece of the uh, lumber. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, it's <laughs> – it really is pretty crazy. Uh, you know, underachiever here, um, underachievers uh, said, uh, I, and I don't understand your question, uh, who disrespected the code? So re- rewrite your question on the chat so we can kind of answer it. But, you know, this is what's the problem with the game is where, you know, we're taking a man's sport, like a, a real tough man sport where you have to have guts and bravery and you have to be, uh, you have to be thick-skinned, and we're, we're turning it into like tag on the on the on the on the playground, and somebody not liking you get tagged. Like it's it's a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. just w- like where is where is the the decency of listen? This you're playing a game. Expect to get hit. Expect pain. Expect to you know to to go through the things that a tough physical sport brings you, which brings us, you know, to the, the hit from behind, you know, from Jason Zucker on, on Nick Cousins. Now, Nick Cousins, by the way, has totally taken advantage of so many people this year, three or four hits from behind. He had a little incident with Grubranson a few yeah. weeks back, which he didn't get any repercussions for, except for a little, a little uh, face wash and punch in the mouth from Grubranson, which he deserved. But that game against the Coyotes the other day, Florida against the Coyotes, Nick Cousins took advantage again of another player who was in a vulnerable position, hit hit, hit Halamaki from behind when he was on his knees. And not only did he do that, but Nick Cousins left his feet, which is now against the rules. Thank goodness it wasn't when I was playing because I left my feet all the time because I was shorter and smaller. But he left to to hit somebody when they're on their knees, when they are vulnerable, and to leave your feet. That is a dangerous hit, and that is a hit to injure. And then all of a sudden, here we go again. Here comes Jason Zucker in to protect his buddy, and he slams Nick Cousins from behind into the boards. It wasn't the hardest hit in the world, but Nick Cousins hits his face against the glass. You know what he does? He falls to the ice like he's dead. He falls to the ice. He lays flat on the ice. And it looked like they needed a stretcher and a body bag to get Nick Cousins off the ice. Nick Cousins ought to be ashamed of himself. He ought to be ashamed of himself for the way that he plays physically. And he ought to be ashamed of himself by the way that he get what he how he reacts to the to the retaliation of yeah. what he does. It's a joke. Yeah. You know what? I I I think I've beat Nick Cousins up before in the sense that 
Sometimes I don't necessarily agree with how he plays, but I will tell you this because he's five foot eight, five foot nine, five foot nine, we'll say, and he's not any taller than me. For a guy to play in the National Hockey League at five foot nine, 180 pounds, 75 pounds, I'll give him a lot of credit because he plays like he's six two. Now, saying that, he cannot, <coughs> he cannot do what he did when Zucker hits him. He hit Halamaki from behind. Halamaki got up. It was a dirty play by Cousins. If by the way, hey, by the way, real quick, I think Halamaki, <coughs> Halamaki got hit harder 100%. by Nick, by Nick Cousins than Nick Cousins got hit by Jason Zucker. But yet Nick Cousins falls to the ice. Like he's that's, dead. That's my only problem, Nick. I love I every every team would love to have a guy like him on, on your team. He plays he, he plays with his you know his his hundred percent every night. His balls on the line. But if you're gonna do that and you're gonna play that role, and Zucker comes in and Jason Zucker's not a big guy. Yeah, he gave you a good shot. You cannot lay there on the ice like you're dead. It's embarrassing. I agree with you, Jr. You you just can't do that. It it makes you look it makes you look like a little dirt ball. It, yeah, uh, but yeah, but you're you're a referee. You're seeing this happen. Uh, he gets a five in a game. Zucker does right. He gets thrown out of the game for a hit from behind. But wouldn't you, as a referee, maybe have a little bit of a of a more lenient call, knowing what Nick Cousins just did to Halamaki. Like, do you not do you not assess do you not assess the uh, the the physicality of what happened? You should, and you should you should be able to differentiate whether a guy's hurt or whether he's playing it up. And everybody knew Nick Cousins was playing it up there on that hit. You know, when a guy when a guy gets rocked, he doesn't fall back. His it, the way he felt. I've watched it a couple times. He wasn't he wasn't injured on the play. I I, I call bullshit if he says he was. Dude, I and used to I used to hit the glass ten times harder than, than Nick got hit in that in that situation. Right. No, a good referee like Kelly Sutherland or Wes McCauley would come in and yeah, you know what? Maybe we're going to give Zucker. Uh, a five, but we're also going to do the same thing to Cousins, and Cousins, you're the one that started it, and we're going to give you an additional whatever. Uh, I don't like... The problem is, this is the problem. They Nick Cousins hit Gerbranson two weeks ago from behind. The referees called a five-minute major. Department of Players, or uh, the Situation Room in Toronto, and from what I was told, Bill McCreary was the uh, su- supervisor in the room that night. Bill Curry's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Phenomenal referee. He's the one that changed it from a five to a two. And Gabranson then took law- the law into his own hands later. Well, so, you're, so Nick Cousins is like perfect. I can hit guys from behind. I'm not going to get suspended. I'm not even going to get a five-minute major. I'm going to get a minor penalty at most. So that's the problem is the NHL, they haven't come down on this guy to say, hey, Quit hitting guys from behind, or we're going to suspend you. So he'll okay. just, right. here's, here's, here's another question. I think I think Nick in our chat lo- chat box uh, brings up a very good point. Uh, there's no accountability for these guys. They are able to run around and be idiots and hit from behind and hit and hit other people dangerously and kind of kind of bring a different kind of emotion or energy to the game by being reckless. Back in the '90s, if you were reckless like this. You would you would have to fight 
you'd have to fight three or four times because there was not an instigator rule. There's now there's now an instigator rule where guys are not held accountable for their stupidity. So is the instigator rule a, a bad rule to have because it allows guys like Nick Cousins to continue to do stupid things like this? Hundred percent. You're hundred. You're absolutely right. It's it, it is. If that's the problem, and you ask any tough guy that played in this league, from Stu Grimson to Kelly Chase to to uh, Joey Kosher, all those guys, they think the minor penalty for an instigator is a stupid penalty because, to your point, it lets a guy that's a little rat go, you know, run around there, and and there he knows like. Yeah, you know what? Somebody might jump me, but we're going to get a power play, and that guy is going to get 17 minutes. And uh, because it's two for instigating, five for fighting, 10, 10 minute misconduct, 17 minutes. So it, I, I agree. It, you know what? I get that we evolved as a society. We were trying to not make fighting as prevalent as it once was for whatever reason. I still like to, to watch it, but we've gone too far now instituting rules like the instigator and uh yeah but i'm telling you guess what one more thing there's a way to handle that as a good referee if if so-and-so goes after a star player and they fight and the other guy's a tough guy then you go you know what perfect that star player your team just got a power play you're got the other team you just got two for roughing five for fighting you got five for fighting so there's a way to deal with it to to circumvent a tough guy going after a star player so in saying that you know they they don't want fighting in the game maybe because of you know the way that it looks right they don't want that image of fighting however how bad how bad are you going to get hurt fighting not many guys really get hurt that too often fighting you know when guys get hurt guys get hurt when people take liberties on other people in the hit category, how many times have you seen guys hit from behind, run people and push them from behind when they're two feet away from the boards and do stupid things that could cause some real serious damage, right? We didn't do that back in the day. You know, it's just, sure. I mean, we did, we did every once in a while. I, I got to say, I did hit Mike Medano from behind sure. at one point and, you know, I got suspended for there it. There wasn't and, a lot of checking from behind back then though, JR. No, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. There was not because you knew you were going to get beat up. No. But, I'm, but I'm telling you, more people are going to get hit from the dummies running around doing the stupid things to either get a penalty or to to cause havoc or to do whatever that they do. Not no, not fearing getting somebody coming out and beating their face in in a fight. And you're not going to get hurt in a fight, but you're going to get hurt with a bad hit near the boards. It just happens. Charlie McAvoy, remember a month ago, he it was a Florida player. He the guy didn't even have the puck. I think it was uh, I forget who the defenseman was, but he just came in and elbow, uh, shouldered him right to the head, and he knocked him out for a couple weeks. Charlie doesn't care. He's like nobody's nobody from Florida is going to fight me next game. Nobody's coming after me. I just knocked out one of their defensemen for a couple weeks. So to your point, it's uh, it's unfortunate. But listen. We, we've talked. Okay, so that one, one last thing. Nick Cousins needs to stop playing in the Premier League and start playing in the NHL. No more flops, no more dives, no more no more faking this, faking that. Exactly. Play the game right. Don't hit from behind. Don't leave your feet. Play the game properly and stop diving. Stop doing the Le- LeBron flop, as Nick said. It was great.
Well, you know what? I never want to hear the NHL fans complain about NHL officiating. Okay, does does Zucker get does Zucker get suspended? No, not a chance. That's why nothing came out today. Okay, they, good. Player safety good. rule wasn't even bad. Good. Well, at least at least a little common sense happened in the in the offices because obviously we know why that that situation happened. But uh, if anybody's watched the officiating in the World Juniors this year in Sweden, oh. Oh. you better you better have a have have uh, some Xanax and a few cocktails watching that because it is painful to watch. You know, it, it is really too bad. It really is too bad because this is like, besides the the NHL playoffs, the World Juniors is the it's the creme de la creme and the best hockey that we can watch in the course of a hockey year. I mean, that's where we're seeing all the next next generation coming up. Obviously, the Canadians are very are huge with the World Juniors. America's starting to get more into the juniors, and we know like over in Europe and Russia and Czech and all that to have these these tournaments, these international tournaments, but to be overshadowed with absolutely horrific, incompetent refereeing is so disappointing. Well, you saw the play. I, I just looked up his first name. It's Connor. I knew his last name was Kiki. And 14 seconds into the game, he's just tracking down the puck. The defenseman gets the puck and, and the defenseman is looking like they're, they're looking square at each other. They're looking square, square at each other. And he just follows through on his hit and knocks the mass over Tico and he gets five in a game. So Jer, what's he supposed to do? Just supposed to poke a stick out like this? Go on. I don't want like, that's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And then, and then yesterday, I'm Hold on. Hold on. Let, let me make a comment about that because I know you're going to another thing. This, everybody that did not see this this hit by Geeky, okay? This is the first. This is the first shift for the for for the Canadians, and Geeky makes a great hit. I mean, if you ever teach a kid how to make a physical body check when kids are 13 and 14 years old, when you teach kids to hit and to make a body check, this hit by geeky was the epitome of the most perfect executed body check you could ever see. And a thing of beauty and this idiot referee. And I would love to know where this referee is from. And I would love to know what, what, you know, if he had money on this game, but to give him a five in a game in the first 14 seconds for the most perfect, most beautiful hockey hit I've ever seen is an absolute embarrassment to refereeing around the world and is embarrassment to the world juniors. That okay. guy should that guy should never referee another game as long as he lives. No, come on. Now, now, now listen, I gotta defend defend my brother in here. Okay. First of all, the Why? guy didn't have money on the game. Okay. Why? Why? He, because Why? I'm just telling you. Okay. He's a European official. This is the problem, Jr. I referee. Oh, so that so so he's okay because he's European. He can make that mistake. What are you I saying have, about your? What are you saying I, about European referees, Tim? They're terrible. Okay. Then go find something else to do. I'm gonna. Okay. Two things. First of all, Geeky should never. Should not have been kicked out of the game. Eleven seconds into the game, he's kicked out of the game. The international rules are so asinine, I think, compared to North American rules. 
any hot head contact they deem it's it's reckless it's it's five and again, it's it but it, there, it, was, there, there, there was no head there was no head contact no but it's more the double ihf than it is the referees these these referees over there that's how they're taught to referee in europe and i'm giving it two examples to uh when i was still on the ice the NHL was experimenting bringing European officials over to North America. We brought Marcus Finneberg over from Sweden. Uh, Marcus was a good ref, very decorated in, in Europe, had, had worked Olympics and, and so on. Came to North America. He was okay. Great guy. One of my be best, you know, best buddies at training camp and working. Phenomenal person, but he couldn't referee the North American style of hockey. Okay. So another example, this is a funny story. They bring over this other referee, Evgeny Romasko, and he's from Russia. And we're reading all these articles and Paul Stewart's going on saying, this guy is going to be the best referee in the NHL. He's the Russian machine. He's built. He can skate. He's, he's, it's unbelievable. So we're working with him and we're like, this is the best they got in Russia? Like, this is, this is not good. Like, he was terrible. So, Gar Snow is the GM of the New York Islanders, and Gar Snow phoned Stephen Walkham up. Stephen Walkham was Evgeny Romasco's boss. And he says, Walks. He goes, what? how much is a one-way ticket to Russia? And Stephen's like, I don't know, like two grand. I, I don't know how much a one-way ticket is to Russia. And Snow, he goes, because I want to buy – if Genny Romasco, a one-way ticket back to Russia, so he never referees another one. <laughs> so so we, we now have one linesman. Uh, he's from the Czech, uh, Czechia, I was going to say Czech Republic. Uh, one linesman now, and he's a good linesman. He's, he's working in the NHL. But it's very difficult for these North American or these European officials to come over because it is a different style of hockey. And they, they listen. I don't care. I don't care if it's a different style of hockey. A good hockey hit is a good hockey hit, and that is an absolutely atrocious call by that referee. And I'm gonna stand by what I said. He shouldn't ref another game, especially in the World Juniors. But he should never go back to the World Juniors again. But there's a question on there because we saw we saw the a lot of bad calls in the NFL last week. None, none other worse than the Detroit Lions. Who makes worse calls? Is it the NFL referees or the NHL referees? I'm going to say the NFL referees because I've seen I have seen so much bad stuff happen over the last couple of weeks that referees have totally totally infringed on the score of the game and now especially with Detroit with that call on the on the two point conversion that would have won them the game and all of a sudden they say oh the, the guy didn't report that he can he was eligible it's 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 BS man and to 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 give that lot win to Dallas America's team is so shady, and now it just changed all the playoff ramifications for everybody because Detroit didn't win that game. It's it's such a sham. You, we don't watch many. You and I watch a lot of hockey. We don't watch many hockey games, Chair, that we go, the, the officiating is the reason the L.A. Kings lost tonight. The officiating is the reason that the Boston Bruins lost tonight. We, we don't. But we've watched a lot of NFL games over the past few weeks that we go, yeah, this team lost because of the officiating. And I don't get it. I don't get it because it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I don't understand why the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball all have full-time officials 
and the NFL is the only league and it makes the most money. It's the, it's the machine, right? It makes the most money and they don't have full-time officials. I don't understand that. It makes no sense. It's just, it really is unbelievable. How many times this year have we seen in football where the play goes down, you see the guy run out at the 46 yard line and all of a sudden the ball is placed at the 44 it's like it's it's like two yards difference. It's like you know exactly who the referees have their money on, or who Vegas has the heavier heavier load on. What side is being bet on in Vegas? Because it it's just it shows up more and more and more. It's just it's incredible to me. And listen, and listen, and again, you know, NHL referees really have a cannot dictate. A hockey game. I mean, they can give more penalties and this and that, but teams still have to score in power plays. I mean, they, they can they can they can give an advantage, but in NFL, they literally can create a win or a cover just by one call in the field. It's crazy. They got to make a change on that. Absolutely, you could have a touchdown in the last thirty seconds, and and the ref all of a sudden says no holding on the offensive line, whatever. Like you you can. It, it, it's it's how about a pass interference how about how about how about a third a 40 yard pass and there's a little contact and because of the referee's discretion he calls a pass interference next thing you know they get a field goal either to tie the game win the game or cover a spread cover you know okay, I how about, oh how about I, this i made i made a bet the other day i i i i sorry blainer because i know that you're watching on the show tonight uh, I did bet the, the Cowboys the other day against Detroit. Detroit has really not impressed me for a little bit. So I'm watching the Cowboys. I have Cowboys my, minus six and a half. Okay. And Detroit's not really doing anything offensively. And all of a sudden now, you know, at the end of the game, Dallas kicks a field goal and they go up by seven or they score a touchdown and they go up by seven with a minute and 42 seconds left. And this is what drives me crazy. And I'm, I know we're dabbling into another sport, but I think it's healthy. I think we got we know this is great. Who in the world invented the prevent defense in the National Football League? It is without a doubt the worst, most stupid, most ineffective um, system or defensive tactic that i've ever seen because here detroit comes with 140 left in the, in the game they go all the way down the field in four plays and end up scoring a touchdown and blowing my spread sky high which you know they say a prevent defense prevents you from winning and by <laughs> the way that prevent defense should have prevented the cowboys from winning because they were idiots because they were in that prevent damn defense that is the most frustrating mentality watching football i don't know why they do it and i'm going to complain about it until they, I mean, they make I, it illegal I, it's, it's, I, it, you I, know what it's worse it's worse than the new jersey devil's trap back in the 90s it's worse I, than that i bet quit uh i i quit betting on football a couple of years ago because it is a tough sport to bet on and i don't think you know you always see it every week you say I don't think the refs have money on the game. I don't think they're determining determining the outcome. But I don't know. Something. Spoken spoken by a referee. Yeah, well, I got it. <laughs> I just don't believe it. But listen, let's talk about arguably the best player in the world right now. Ninety-seven. He had a goal and four helpers last night. Maybe a goal and five helpers. A goal and four helpers. 
He's third in scoring. He is, I'm going to, I may even give you a chance to win your thousand dollars back because when I told you that Boston was going to make the playoffs this year, he is only uh, 10 points behind Kucherov now. Connor McDavid's got 53 points. Nathan McKinnon second with 61 and Cooch is at 63. I I think right now, and I would bet another thousand bucks, I think Connor McDavid's going to win the scoring race. Is it? Yeah, oh, no, he's, he's, he's 100% going to win the scoring race. It's because because as great as a greatest start as Kucherov has, has been on and in in the run, I don't think Kucherov can continue or sustain his point production for 82 games where Connor McDavid can. And we've seen that. Um, he has just been on an absolute tear, and it's a reason why the Edmonton Oilers are climbing up the standings right now. Won five and, in a row. They've won five in a row. They're uh, and the thing is, they've got games in hand. They've got a game in hand over Arizona. They've got three games in hand over Nashville. I don't see. Listen, Seattle's playing very well. Seattle's won five in a row. Jr. Okay, I don't. I don't see St. Louis, Calgary, or Minnesota making the playoffs, buddy. What it's going to come down to for that seventh and eighth spot, it's going to be between the for two spots, it's going to come down to five teams Arizona, Edmonton, Seattle, and St. Louis. Sorry, four te- and Nashville. Nashville, Arizona, Edmonton, and Seattle. Five five teams for two spots. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, uh, I, I, let's we'll talk, talk about it, but you, you brought up Connor McDavid. You're jumping around a little bit here. You got to give me a little bit of, of, of a chance to talk about McDavid. What's more impressive about McDavid is he just went over the 900 point mark. Just think of that. I know. Like it, it just went over 900 points, and he hasn't even played 560 or 575 games yet. And he's he's going to get he, he's going to have what eight years, nine years, and he's going to make a thousand points. And, and I mean, I don't know what Gretz did. I'm sure Gretz blew the blew away the, the thousand point mark, but in this day and age to watch a kid put numbers up like this McDavid is, um, is, is totally mind blowing. So, all right, go, let's talk, talk about your, talk about your stories. You know what? I, I think we're a little surprised Nashville's in the playoffs today. Arizona. They by won. the way, and by the way, good for Nashville. You know, I, I, yeah, good for Nashville. I think, um, you know, Riley has been such a great addition to that team. I mean, you know how great of a guy this guy is and how how awesome of a leader he is. And he's just taking this team and, and putting them on his shoulders. And, and they're playing great hockey, a lot like Arizona Coyotes are playing great and hockey. You know, and you know who's a good coach? Andrew Brunette. Andrew Brunette's a very good coach, Jay. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, Mark- he is. Marty told me when he was in, in Berdur told me when he was in, in uh, um, New Jersey, they loved him there. They loved him there. And he probably should have stayed on as the coach in Florida, but, you know, they didn't get out of the playoffs, and I understand it. But Andrew Brunette, every, every time I talk to Joel Quenville about him, they, everybody raves about this guy. Um, can they make it? I don't know. It's going to come down to – I think Edmondson's going to make it. And I'm really rooting for Arizona. You know, I'm really rooting for Arizona. That the the as you know, there's a good fan base in the valley there in Phoenix. And 
they've got a good hardworking team that that has a real um, uh, hardworking men like mentality that I know you appreciate. They they got it, it, it's 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 not the it's not the players' problems in Arizona. No, it's it's the management's problem. It's management that keeps them not getting the respect that they deserve. Right now. Again, they are playing in a minor league building in front of 6,000 people. I mean, it's a great atmosphere. I had some friends that were there at the game the other day, and they said it was it was electric, it was great, but it was still a, a minor league situation. But you have a minor league situation team playing like a hard-nosed, big-time NHL team and a team that I'm telling you, I don't care where they go, in the, whether it's in Arizona or they walk into another team's building – the team that they're playing is is not in good moods or good spirits knowing that they have to go out and play the Coyotes. They're yeah. nervous. They're nervous because they know they're going to get worked. They know they're going to get hit. They know they have a chance to lose. And that's – you have to give every player and that coach in Phoenix who was a no-name to come in and instill a just an awesome mentality and – chemistry in that locker room to make that team believe that they win every night. And by the way, to have a system and a mentality of play that allows them to win every night. It's, it's been really fun to watch. And we've seen that with Nashville. We've seen that with Philly and you know, this, it, it makes the game so much better to watch on a nightly basis because anybody can beat anybody at any specific time. We did Montreal last night beat Dallas. No. Like, what? I lost What's happening? <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I've got a I've got a cough here. Um, yeah, you know what? That's I lost money on that game. I put I bet on Dallas last night. I'm yeah, like, so I I bet Dallas minus one and a half. God, was I far off of that one? I'm like, there's not a chance Montreal's coming in here. That's the tough thing about the National Hockey League. But you know what? Um, well, you, you made a prediction to me. You made a prediction to me that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Is you don't think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to make the playoffs? I don't. I really don't. I really don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They, uh, they, Samsonov's in the minors now. Joseph Wool is hurt. Uh, Gigby or Digby or some guy is playing net for them tonight. I'll have to look it up while we're talking here. Um, they're, they're just not that good, Jer. They're not that good. They don't, even that, I'm even watching um, and some of the comments with the Toronto fans the last few weeks. They even understand this team is not where they thought. Listening, they, this is not the team that they thought they were going to have four years ago. They thought this team was moving upwards, but that is the problem when you're paying three or four guys so much money. And I don't think they're strong enough. Well, I know they're not strong enough on the back end, and they're they're not getting the goaltending. So, you know, there's some teams that are going to knock them off, and. Unless unless Matthews con- continues his toward pace, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, buddy. And that would be that would well, be uh, 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 not, they would need a national uh, mental break holiday in in Ontario for for the Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Yeah, you know and, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you because I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb by saying that Toronto is going to make a big push for a goaltender come trade deadline who they and. Need to- and 
I'm, I'm not saying who they're going to pick up. I don't know who they're going to pick up, but they're going to pick up any anyone that's better than what's there right now. They have to try to make it better. So I, I do, I do think with Matthews, I do think with Marner, with Tavares, with um, uh, with Nylander, I think they have enough guns uh, to squeak into the playoffs. But they they can't they can't play inconsistent hockey like they have over the last couple of weeks. No, it's not. And my question to you was not who who are they going to get? It's who are they going to give up? Like like. They're not going to trade. Well, and this is this was this isn't something that we were going to talk about today. William Nylander is in for a huge payday. I think he's making six and a half right now. Okay. He's yeah, but that's so. But that's a great call by you. Do you, do you when you know that you're going to have a trouble signing a Nylander, Do you use your your power at the trade deadline to get rid of a guy of that magnitude because you do have other guys behind him? That that will get a solid goaltender and a defenseman in return. I would be trading Mitch Marner before I traded William Nylander. Okay, well that okay that's well that's all well and fine too. But but along comes that contract yeah. also. You're right. right. You're right. Like yeah. I I don't know financially how they can keep all four of them and pay them all over ten million a year. So right. you know. So that's one way that they would get a very good goaltender. And if they get a great goaltender, the missing the missing Nylander might not be that bad because you have a goaltender you can rely on and a goaltender that can that can get you into the playoffs along with Marner and Tavares and 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 Matthews scoring goals. But the thing is, is that and I said this the last two or three years, we don't have the depth in goaltending in the NHL that we had years ago when we had in your era, Berdur, Cujo, uh, Eddie Belfour, Patrick Waugh, I could go on, Dominic Hasek, but on and on. Like, just about every team had a stud goaltender. Yeah. Not every team has a stud goaltender yeah. now. And, the the you know, the rumors are, does Toronto go after a Gibson and Anaheim? Well, well Gibby- what, what, yeah, yeah, but what, what, two, what two teams have two good goaltenders? Yeah, Boston has two good goaltenders. You have... Vegas has a couple good goaltenders. There's a couple teams right. with some powerhouse double back goaltenders that would love to be able to get a guy like Nylander or Marner on their team. Nick says a trading team is going to want an agreement on an extension. Of course they will, but they won't have any problem signing somebody to an extension if they're going to pick them up at a trade deadline at this at this point. There's no question about. I, I don't know. It's listen. It's, this, this kid that they're playing in Toronto tonight to our listeners. I'll give you a little history. 2019, when the Blues won the Cup, they uh, Jake Allen gets hurt. They bring up Jordan Bennington. Well, Jordan Bennington wasn't number one in their depth chart. You know who number one in their depth chart was? Billy Huso. Billy Huso was the number one uh, on their depth chart. I think it was San Antonio at the time. But Billy Huso was hurt. So what happens? They can't bring Billy up. They bring Bennington up, and they caught magic in a bottle. So... sometimes you you want to give credit to these GMs or coaches, but that wasn't even who they wanted to bring up at the time. They wanted to bring up Billy Huso, but he was hurt. And they brought up Bennington and wound up winning a cup with him. So maybe Toronto brings this guy up and maybe he stands on his head and he's the next Jordan Bennington. We'll wait and see. You never know. You do never know. But I'll tell you, like some of these teams that are, that have surprised everybody this year, like Winnipeg, Winnipeg, you, nobody ever talks about Winnipeg because Winnipeg is Winnipeg. 
right? It must be it must be such a frustrating place to play out there, knowing that you're playing in a barn of four with fifteen thousand people. It's obviously smaller. You get no press coverage. Everybody it's talks about how everybody talks about how cold it is. But these guys are playing some great hockey. Hellebuck is just again pulling together another great season for this team, and is again is not talked about as one of the best goaltenders in the game. Why does Winnipeg get such little respect in the National Hockey League? You just answered your own question, and you're absolutely right. They're the ugly stepsister, and it's unfortunate because great ownership, Mark Chipman. Mark Chipman's awesome. Mark Chipman's awesome. He he's so passionate about his team. Passionate about the team. Yeah. Rick Bonus, one of the best guys you'd ever meet. The team is I, as you were talking, I, I was thinking, I think I'll start betting on Winnipeg every game this year. Because you know what? If you went over if you bet on Winnipeg every game this year, I bet you at the end of the year you'd make some money. And you know what? Rick Bonus is a very, very smart hockey man. Very smart. He's done it all. He's done it all. He was a coach in Edmonton in Ottawa when they were in expansion. He's been everywhere. He's been everywhere. He's he was with John Cooper for years. Coop loved him. He is the ultimate. I saw a picture where he was talking to uh, one of his players on the ice the other day, and they were both kneeling on the ice, and he was looking at his player, and it was just a still shot, and you could just see the care in his eyes that he like he wants to hear about this guy. He wants to know, hey, what's making you tick? What's wrong with you right now? What's good? What's make it? What 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 what's going on in your life? That's what Rick Bonus is. They've got a phenomenal team, and they're playing right now with with Kyle Connor on the shelf from that knee on knee hit with with Strom in New York. This is a very 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 good hockey club. Uh, you're you know a guy you would have played against Dave Lowry, his his son Adam, Great captain, his son Great Adam, captain. He's not he's not the best player on the team. But you know what? He went out and fought uh, Pat. He's Maroon a great captain. Here. Fought Pat great Maroon captain. the other day. Fought Pat. Yeah. Pat, I got to fight you. You guys took out Caprisa. Or, uh, um, or, or I'm sorry, Maroon went to him and said, you guys took out Caprice off. I got to fight you. Yeah. Adam goes, okay, I'll fight you, Pat. Like, hey, And unlike unlike Pierre-Luc Dubois, who wanted out of Winnipeg and didn't want to play there because it was too cold and he didn't like it. He doesn't like – he doesn't – Lowry reached out and said – I want a contract. Yeah. I want to play here. I don't need I don't need all this money. Sign me to, you know, sign me to a a, a contract that, you know, helps the team because I want to stay here. And that's you know, that's pretty honorable for a guy like that. So I love Lowry. I think he's a great guy. And and Nick on the chat line just just made a mention of one of their stats. Twenty-six straight games with three goals or less against. Yeah. 26 straight games. That, that is that is incredible. Nick, thanks for that stat because it that's pretty much unheard of in the National Hockey League these days, especially uh-huh. with how much scoring is going. Yeah, I read that actually earlier today. That's an unbelievable stat, Nick. They are a very, very solid hockey team. You would not want – well, and you and I know, JR, you know uh, – um, Connor Hellebeck's been one of the premier goaltenders in the NHL for a number of years now. You know, as of as of t- this afternoon, Vancouver, Colorado have 51 points. Winnipeg's uh, next with 50, and they've got two games in hand. They got a game in hand over Vancouver and two over Colorado. They're like one of the best teams in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, yeah, it, they are. Now the only problem is 
it's Winnipeg. It's 40 below. Tough to get free agents, but that's a, a topic yeah. for another day. But go Winnipeg. We're happy for the fans there. Hey, go, hey, I'm saying go Vancouver too. Go Vancouver. Here's another yeah, team probably. that that nobody gave any respect to, and it's pretty much the same roster as last year. Different coach. You got the coach of the year right now, without question, and Rick Tockett taking this team to to levels that nobody expected them to be. Third in the league right now, but their their goals for and goals against they're plus forty six. I mean, they are lighting the lamp like nobody's business. And that's, by the way, that's all confidence. And that's all the mentality that Rick Tockett has, has literally allowed these 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 offensive-minded players to play in. But they're also obviously playing good defense because of that plus-minus ratio. Yeah. And and you're, you're talking about the possible Vezina winner this year in Thatcher Demko. He's having an incredible year. I think it's a good time to be a Vancouver Canuck fan. You and I love Rick Tockett. Um, it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, I love watching watching Quinn Hughes on the back end and JT Miller. You know, I knew JT Miller. JT Miller is a grump. Okay, he's a, he's a, he's the one of the most grumpiest guys that I know that makes eight million bucks a year. Okay, like <laughs> he know he is. Like he he would he would get into it with me. I'm like, are you ever happy? Like. And and I used to joke with Prongs about Chris Pronger about that. I go, you were the grumpiest man I know. That's Chris Pronger was one of the grumpiest guys in the world. Chris yeah, Pronger yeah. was definitely the yeah. most grumpiest guy in the world. That's just that was their persona on the ice. And I'm sure J, JT Miller's a great guy on the ice, but or off the ice. But on the ice, I was like, you're the grumpiest man that I know that's making <laughs> Well, hey, listen, did, did the, the New York Rangers surprise you this year? Absolutely. Are the New York are the New York Rangers in second place? Are, are, is that the quietest climb to second place that we've seen in a long time? It, it is a surprise, but it isn't because that's what P, Peter Laviolette does when he takes over a team. And I'm a big Gerard Gallant fan. You know, I love I love Gerard, but I think what Peter brings, what Laviolette brings, is he brings in more structure as a coach, Jr. and he's a more systems guy where Gerard Gallant Turk was more like go play boys. And, and, you know, he rolled a lot. Peter Laviolette has that impact on teams when he takes them over. He had the same effect in Washington had the same effect when he was in when Nashville, the, it, it, Peter Laviolette is probably not a four five, six year coach. He's a good three, maybe stretch him into the fourth year, but He's a great coach. They have great goaltending. They've got tremendous defense, and they've been doing this with with Adam Fox hurt. They've got, well, they've also they've also done this with Shesterkin not really being on his game. On his game, I mean, Shesterkin, he's like he's like two point three eight goals against. He's like he's like like in the twenties in terms of the goaltender stats right now. I mean, he's not even he's not even in the top fifteen best goaltenders as stats goes. Yet their team is still up there. That's amazing to me. Who would have thought Jonathan Quick would be in there winning games for the New York Rangers? Jonathan Quick, yeah. did you see that save he made the other day? Yeah. That, that, like, that, yeah. The Dominic Hasek yeah. lift the leg back of the leg save. It was, you know, you love to see these KG old vets come back in and just continue I to show the dominance. It. Right? Good for I good for Quickie. It. You know, it's what? fantastic. It's, it's as you know, Jr. <clears throat> Sorry to my listeners, I've been fighting this cough for the past two weeks. But <clears throat> it's good for the NHL when the New York Rangers are good. 
it's good for the league. People are like, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, guess what? It's the biggest market in the U.S. It's good when the Rangers are good. It's good for hockey. It's good when when it, all our big markets do well. Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, L.A. So I'm happy for the Ranger fans. And I, they got a tremendous team, but Well, I mean, Panarin's playing great. <laughs> Panarin's playing great. You're, you're, you're obviously Zabenejad is is doing his doing his deal again. Chris Kreider um, had has has got twenty goals in like the last fifty seasons. He's unbelievable. He does it every year. It's unbelievable. Kreider gets twenty plus goals every year. I think I read the other day it's his thirteenth or fifteenth year in a row that Chris Kreider's got twenty goals. I saw I saw something on social media or a podcast, somebody saying that Chris Kreider is going to go down as the, the best blue shirt of, of all time. I saw that. They're going to put his, put his number in the bleachers up in the rafters. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Lower your role. Lower your role. Listen, listen, Kreider is good, but let's let's bring it down a little bit, okay? Was there a number 11? Was it, Was there a number two? Was there a number two? Maybe at that, that, that point was just, I was just, oh my gosh, that is just nuts. Um, well, well, listen, this is, uh, we've, we've, we've covered a lot today. We want to thank our, our sponsors, Bet Online, uh, obviously, Whiskey in the Wild, whiskeyinthewild.com. Great sponsors to have for, for Snipes and Stripes right here in No Filter. Let's uh, let's give everybody a, a, a pick for tomorrow for our bet online picks for tomorrow. I was just kind of I was kind of just gandering at it, and I, I like to pick some teams, Tim, that you can that you don't have to put up the most money to try to win your money. And I'm looking at the Mon- Mon- Montreal Canadiens coming back home after a big win in Dallas last night. They got the Buffalo Sabres in town. And, you know, the Buffalo is, again, playing okay here, then they shit to bed, okay here, then they, then they lay an egg. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to think Montreal is going to come back home feeling pretty good about beating Dallas. I'm going to take Montreal minus one, uh, plus 133 against Buffalo at home. So you actually get money on the bet. So that's going to be kind of my, my dog bet tomorrow, Montreal. Well, we uh, this will give me an opportunity to talk about Pittsburgh because we, we were going to try to get there tonight, but we're just running out of time. Sid the Kid, man, he's he's an ageless wonder. He, he just keeps producing the points that he has this year. He top is, 20 scoring. He's top 20 in scoring. I mean, it's 30, awesome. He's, what is he, 36? Like, it's unbelievable. This guy is trying to will – trying to will the Pittsburgh Penguins into the playoffs all by himself. Unfortunately, I don't see it. Maybe maybe he, he's like, you know, Superman right now. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take – I love how Boston's playing Jimmy Montgomery. I, I saw a clip the other day, Trent Frederick with the Bruins said that Jimmy Montgomery, he loves playing for Monty because he says Monty loves, our, loves us. He treats us with so much respect. And we want to go out there. Be, oh, this is what he said. He goes, he is such a good person. We want to go out there and perform for him. We don't want to let him down. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's the Jimmy Montgomery I knew. I know. Like, he's just a great guy. They had a little lull, as every team's going to have throughout the throughout 82 games. They're at home tomorrow night The pit. I think uh, Boston, it's a minus 150. I think Boston 
puts an end to Pittsburgh's uh, winning streak. Sidney uh, Crosby's not going to be too happy missing the playoffs two years in a row, and he doesn't deserve oh, it. He'll be uh, sour. He'll hey, be sour. I, I know, I know I'm doing this late, but I'm sure Nick is not too happy with me picking the Montreal Canadiens over his Buffalo Sabres. So maybe we'll give him a little chance to jump on and, and give me a little, a little ribbon. Nick, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I had to go against your Buffalo Sabres. You, you, you forgive me? Uh, uh, the only thing I'm not going to forgive you about, Jr. Where you been on after the whistle, man? Uh, next week, I'll be back on next week. But um, listen, go against your team tomorrow. Put it on Montreal. You'll get some money back in return. I'm sorry to do that to you, but th- thanks for all your uh, all your input on the chat line tonight. You've been really engaged, well, and we, we appreciate it. Okay, pal, I you're the best. In Florida, you place the bet for me, Jr. We can't okay. bet. All right, you got it. I'll put it in for you. 50 bucks. It's all yours. See you, buddy. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, it's a good way to finish the show. We got somebody on. Nick has always been a lot of fun watching, and he's very communicative in the chat. He's given some great stuff. It's what what we love about nofilter.net is you can come on. You can come on the air, and we can see your face. We can get your opinions, but we can also see the chat line and see what, uh, what you guys are saying amongst each other. So, Another great Wednesday, buddy. Great job. Snipes and Stripes does it again. Well, and I apologize. Listen, not because I've been in the doghouse the last two nights, but I've had to sleep in the spare bedroom the last two nights because my cough has kept my wife up. So I apologize to anybody listening to the podcast. I've been down and out for the past three or four days. So uh, that's why I'm that's why that's why I'm drinking water. I am, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it, but um, number one is to uh, is to stay healthy. I love you, Tim. Thanks for everybody for joining this another episode of Snipes and Stripes on NoFilter.net. We will see you all next Wednesday. And again, Happy New Year to everybody. Stay safe.